Well, praise God, church. Get your Bibles out this morning. And if you would, open them up to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11, verse 27. Did y'all enjoy Brother Ivan last week? Yeah, yeah. No, y'all enjoy that? That was good. That was good preaching. And uh, if you didn't hear, you weren't here, then uh, go back and listen. It's all on the uh, website and the app. You can listen to them. But uh, Brother Ivan was preaching, and and whenever whenever we have a guest speaker in here, you know, I'm I'm sitting there like y'all should be when you're listening to me. I'm a very attentive, taking notes. I'm I'm waiting for God to use say something at that moment through whoever's preaching to uh, speak to my heart. And, and so I'm, uh, this verse jumped out to me. Brother Ivan quoted it, said something in just a passing whim. He just said it, and it just, but it just, when I saw it, it just leapt off the page to me. It's, it's Hebrews eleven twenty seven. It says, by faith, he's talking about Moses here. By faith, he forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. And when he, when he read that to me, it just, it just ignited inside of me because it's like I've got a picture of Moses here who's, you know, I mean, giving up everything. He could have had the life of a, of a prince. He could have had all the wealth, uh, you know, the, whatever the power that comes with that, that status. He could have lived life easy, but he didn't. He chose to live serving God, seeing him who is invisible but seeing him, even though he was invisible. In other words, he was dreaming. He was, he was imagining. He was looking for a better day. Y'all with me? I just want to ask you a question. In today's world right now, are you looking for a better day? What do you think tomorrow is going to be like? What do you think it's going to be like in a month? Well, right now, if you read the headlines, you just go through and you just read the headlines of the paper or if your phone app. If you got an app that you read news, I mean, it, they are painting the bleakest picture ever for us, right? If, you know, according to half the group, if, if Trump doesn't kill you, uh, then according to the other half of the group, Sanders is going to kill you. Then uh, if you, the coronavirus, if that is going to get you next and, you know, and then the, then the world economy is crashing, everybody's going to be losing. We're going to be basically quarantined. Uh, everything's going to go to pieces. There's going to be nothing happening. You're going to people are in there in, right now. People are in the in the streets fighting over toilet paper. I got to tell you a funny one. Years and years ago, uh, I was in a. I'm, I'm talking years and years ago. I was in a uh, government uh, class in high school, and so one of the deals that they were doing was trying to teach us about the stock market. And so we were supposed to, you know, get the stock market page, and you were going to pick stocks. And then for so long, we were going to go and then see who the stocks, if they, you know, uh, if anybody made any money off of them or whatever. And so I picked Kleenex, and the lady said, "Why would you pick Kleenex?" I said, "Man, I make toilet paper, people." People kill for toilet paper. And I still am true to this day. People are in the streets fighting for toilet paper. I made money. <laughs> My point is, it's insanity. Hello? When most people are just trying to go to work, 
make enough money to pay the bills, to uh, get along with their family, get their kids through school, just, just the common things that we all experience, right? Not counting us country people who, you know, you, you pray the well didn't go out. You know, I was talking to a person that lived in the city one time, and, and they, well, I was talking about, yeah, it's really hard, there's drought out here, and, you know, a lot of people's wells are going dry, and they said, well, can't they just add water to it? I'm serious. Like they thought the well was just like a big cistern that, you know, you just put more water in it. And I was like, folks, you don't even understand how we live out here, okay? So, you know, you're dealing with your animals, you're dealing with the weather, you're dealing with the drought, you're dealing with, you know, the wells, you're dealing with the electricity going out, you're dealing with all these things, you're just trying to get to work and all this kind of stuff. But yet, now all of a sudden there's a spirit of fear being loosed on the face of the earth. Now, hear me this morning. I'm going, to be, I'm going to go down through and I'm going to be preaching some things here. And I'm not by any means trying to put down the coronavirus or, or, or having wisdom. Like right now, I'd say if you have a trip planned to China, I probably wouldn't go. Okay? I mean, that just, that just some pretty good wisdom, right? If you, if you already are susceptible to bronchial problems, I probably would try to stay away from people. I mean, I wouldn't go do that. I mean, let's have some wisdom, right? But what I'm talking about is living in abject fear. I read some articles this morning, and I've been reading them through the week, and it's kind of catching the way they're spinning things. And they're spinning things saying, you know, there could be 75 million people die in the best case scenario. And I'm like, okay, you know, what are you basing this on? You know, I mean, I'm just saying this, just, just things just don't make sense, right? I love the, it was on, I don't know if it was on Facebook or where it was of the lady. I don't remember what she was. She was on she was either from the WHO or the CDC, and she's talking about, you know, you got to stop touching your face. So now we basically have to walk around like this all the time. Your nose itches. I don't know what you do. You know, you just rub it on the ground or something. Don't touch your, you know, anything. And so she's saying, you know, you, people touch their face 23 times and, you know, every whatever it was, a minute or whatever, you know, and you need to quit touching your face. Don't touch your face. Then she licks her finger and turns the page <laughs> on the deal. <laughs> What? You're trying to teach us how to do this and you're licking your finger and turning the page? I mean, come on. You ain't got no sense either, okay? So get off the stage. So the point is, I'm saying, you know, what are we going to do? We're going to get in fear we can't touch our face? We're going to live in fear that we can't, oh my God, we can't pray for the sick anymore because, oh my God, they're sick. So my message this morning is, is I don't know what the title is. I have, it's time to beat the war drums for power in the church. It's time that the church rise up. And I'm speaking to the church this morning. I'm speaking to you guys this morning. You guys are faithful warriors and all, but I'm just trying to, I'm wanting to shake off. I'm wanting this morning to just preach a message. And y'all can just say, well, I wonder what stirred Pastor Robert up, you know. But I, I, I just, just, I want y'all to leave here with all the junk shaking off of you. And I want you to just have a clear focus. Okay, just a clear focus this morning on what's going on. To see the invisible. I want you to see the kingdom of God. I want you to see what the church is supposed to be. Now, I don't want to get any arguments with anybody. I'm not going to get any from y'all, but you know, somebody out there watching the video could be sending me stuff. But, you know, it seems to me that the and, and forgive my verbiage this morning, but it seems to me that the church, the church that Jesus bled and died for, has been neutered. Okay, it is it is ineffective. It is not working. It is it's trying to pacify the world. It's trying to go along with the world. It's trying to 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 get 
instead of standing up for the word of God, it's getting, you know, milk toast. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's just, it irritates me. Denominations are just, you know, splitting and fighting over the dumbest things that aren't even biblical. And then here we go that the church, and I'm not talking about, I'm not like, I'm not, I'm, I'm not definitely not preaching to y'all. Y'all just need to be saying amen, brother. Get it off, get it out of your system, you know, because y'all guys are unbelievable. But I'm telling you, the church world out there, I'm, I'm just saying it's just ridiculous. They're out there fighting and splitting and doing all stuff over the dumbest things in the world. Instead of having power in the church and seeing the, the, the invisible kingdom of God visible in the people of the church. Do you follow what I'm saying? We've got to see the invisible kingdom. Now, listen to me. There isn't anybody in the world would say that there's sickness in heaven. Nobody today is worried about the coronavirus in heaven. Come on, right? There ain't nobody worried about the economy. Is the GDP going to fall in heaven? Ain't nobody worried about that. That's in heaven I'm talking about, right? They're not worried about that. They're in the presence of Almighty God. They're in there. They've been singing and worshiping for a thousand years and had not even taken a breath yet, Right? So if that is the kingdom that we, we believe in, then we've got to see that kingdom on this earth. That's what Moses did. He saw the invisible kingdom and he just said, this is what it's supposed to be like. I'm supposed to be full of love. I'm going to love everybody. I'm not going to hate. I'm going to bless. I'm not going to be stingy. I'm, gonna, I'm not running out of money. I've got abundance of money because I'm blessed from the kingdom of God. This is the attitude as a born-again, spirit-filled, washed-in-the-blood Christian should have. And that's what should be coming from the pulpits. That's what should be being preached from the pulpits. That's what should be being encouraging the saints. Not let's just go to the, to the country club, church, and, and everybody have their little niceties. Pay your dues so you can get into heaven. Hello? But believe in a God of power, a God of signs, a God of wonders. That the Christian, that in the midst of, of let's just say that the outbreak of the coronavirus, that the church rises up and the place to go get healed is the church. Don't go to a hospital where you're going to die. Go to the church. That the word goes out, you need to go to the church because they're anointing with oil over there and everybody got touched with the oil is healed. We say, oh, now, Jesus healed all that came to him. And he isn't dead. Last time I checked, he's still alive. But he's in the realm of the invisible. That just means he's not in this realm that we see here in the natural. But that doesn't mean he's not still working. That doesn't mean that the church shouldn't be like the early church and have power in it. Okay? So let's go, let's go to the book of Luke 24. Let's look at Jesus' last words to his disciples. Luke 24, 46. And let's look at this. Jesus is about to depart from planet Earth, and he said to them, Thus it is written, thus it is necessary for Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sin should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, Tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. That word power is the word deutimus, and that's where we get our word dynamite. It means explosive power. It doesn't mean the power to endure, the power to withstand, the power to keep a smile on your face and say, oh, okay, as you're being beat. No, it's the power, the explosive power of God. 
And he tells them that they should go and they should wait until they're endued. Endued. That means imparted, placed in you, endued upon you with power from on high. Folks, that doesn't sound, that doesn't sound, you know, uh, simple to me. That doesn't sound like, like a, a church that would be ineffective. That sounds to me like a church that would have power. Hello? That sounds to me like, like something that you could see in the invisible. A church full of power? Now, what's he talking about? Well, he's fulfilling the prophecy of Ezekiel 36, 25, where God says, look, folks, I'm, I'm paraphrasing this. You can put it up and let them look at Ezekiel 36, 25, but I'm paraphrasing this. He says, look, folks, I'm tired of everybody, you know, just not serving me. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a new heart. I'm going to put a new spirit in you, and I'm going to pour my spirit down on the inside of you, and then you're going to serve me because you're going to have my spirit dwelling on the inside of you, giving you power to do and overcome whatever's there. Can I have an amen? amen. That was always God's promise to us. He said, look, I want to fill you. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says that God wants, that you are the vessel of God, the temple of God, and the Spirit of God lives on the inside of you. He created you to be a vessel to house His Spirit, to not just have enough. You know, you're not just the, 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 the little sip at the end of the bottle that didn't get drunk. You are the overflowing River of water, the spirit of the living God coming out of you to everybody. When people today are discouraged that don't know Jesus, when people today are discouraged, you, born-again Christians, you, those that are saved and washed in the blood of Jesus, those of you who know Jesus, it's your, it's your job to let the spirit of God come out of you and tell them, Let's, you don't have to be afraid. You just need to get right with God. He said, well, you know, my friends, listen to me. You face with, the, you face with dying? Or getting right with God, which one do you want to do? Do you know most people, most people, faced with death, turn to God? Like they've always said, you know, there's no atheist in a foxhole. You know, when you get close to death, you know, it's only the people that are in comfort and intellectuals and, you know, whatever that come up with all these other things because they don't have anything better to do to think about that. But when you get close, people that are hurting do not reject prayer. People that are discouraged want to hear something good. You're the good news vessels. You are the neon signs of the Holy Ghost going, Jesus, 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 Jesus. That's you. You're the one that people don't walk up to and say, I don't understand how you made it. How did you do that? Well, Jesus. Yeah, but what did you do? What's the magic word? Well, sit down here for a while and I'll tell you. Y'all with me? That's you. That's your job. Now, you're not going to be all smiley all the time. You've all got problems and issues as you walk through in life. But let me tell you something. When people see you overcoming, well, then I want to tell you what. Then they know that you got something that they need. And it's time for the church to rise in power. Not, the world doesn't need to see a compromising church. The world doesn't need to see a church giving in to the powers of this world and, be, and say, oh, you know. I don't know. I'm not going to. I'm telling you all this, you know, at least at least y'all set up a coup and it won't make any difference. I'll go out in that field and preach, you know, because I'm going to stay with what the word of God says. And if it's in the Bible, we're going to believe it. If it isn't in the Bible, we're not. 
And if it gets into too much of an of a, of a interpretation issue, well, then we'll just get we'll find where it's in two or three places, you know, and then we'll get a few more wise people in here and we'll get it all figured out. But I want to stay with the word. And if it doesn't line up with the word, then I'm not going to stay with it. I don't care what the world says. I don't care what the pressure is upon us, whatever. We're going to keep preaching the word because we can't go wrong. How can I go wrong by preaching the word? It's so good. It's so liberating. It's so freeing for me to stand up here and to preach y'all the truth because I don't have to worry about doctrinal issues. I don't have to worry. Oh, did I keep the hierarchy happy? Oh, I shouldn't have said that because I won't make them mad. No, I kept the hierarchy happy. The highest hierarchy there is. I just preach the word. Are y'all with me? Jesus said we were to be endued with power. Do not let the devil beat you down, put you down, tell you you're not going to make it, get you concerned about the, 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 the virus coming in, this and that, this and me. Don't let him put you into a place of fear because God didn't create you with a spirit of fear. He created you full of power, love, and a sound mind. That's what God did for you, power, to be able to stand up and say, no, no, I'm not going down that road. No, I'm not going to worry. My God is going to take care of me. My God is going to bless me. That's what it says. And the devil comes up and whispers in your ear, yeah, but you know, shut up. Now listen to you. I'm seeing the invisible. I'm believing my God. I'm looking for what the kingdom says. I'm going to, just like I'm going to live forever in heaven, I'm going to live that same mentality here on this earth. Oh, man. (laughs) But what happened? Let's look at this. Go to Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Let's look at something here. Because this world will lie to you. People are liars. I hate to tell you, if you didn't know that, people are liars. People are paid to lie. But I just know if I, as long as we stay with the truth, we're going to be okay. Acts 2, verse 1. Let's look at this. So here's this church. Here's, let's, let's look at the scene. I want you to see something that became visible on earth, but let's look at this scene. Here are the apostles, not the 12, not just the 12. 120 could have been 420. We're not exactly sure, but 120 plus in this upper room, sitting there, and basically they're freaked out. They're freaked out because Jesus is dead. Because, see, they, just like you, they had an assumption of the way things should go. I don't know about y'all, but, you know, I've had some difficulties in life with God. Sometimes he just doesn't do things the way I want him to. I see I'm into the leprosy, falling upon people, hands withering, you know, that swarms of hornets driving out the hordes. You know, I'm kind of into that. But, you know, God loves people. No matter how crazy they are, no matter how stupid they are, God loves them. And God wants them all to be saved. And in this time of dispensation of grace, God is extending mercy and grace to all people, whether they be wicked, horrible people or or they be the nicest guy in the world. He wants everybody to be saved. Are you all with me? And we have to remember that no matter that we want to see them fry. That doesn't count because we're in the age of grace. Now, believe me, I'm waiting for the day the age of the age of grace ends, the dispensation of the age of grace stops, and the wrath of God starts, because I know again I'm on the right side. I'm ready for Revelations 19:14 to happen. It's one of my favorite scriptures. We come back, saddle up with Jesus. Whoa! Jump off of heaven on a white horse with a rod in our hand. Bless the Lord. Hallelujah. Come, Lord Jesus, come. 
But until that day, until that day, we're in the dispensation of the age of grace where we're supposed to be getting people saved. We're supposed to be telling them about Jesus and getting people an opportunity to get saved. Now, if they don't want to, well, then they can pick it up with the Lord in the wrath of God times. But right now, that's our business is to preach Jesus. Amen? And so I had to remind myself of that because, see, I started getting, getting a little Old Testament-y. Right? So God is sitting here. Here's these guys. They're afraid. They're scared because things aren't going like they thought it should go. They, they thought Jesus was going to rule. They thought Jesus was going to run the Romans out. They thought Jesus was going to take charge and put the whoop on everybody and, and, and do it. All right? And so now they're afraid. Jesus has been crucified. They think that's going to happen to them. I mean, if you'd have seen somebody crucified, beaten like Jesus was beaten beyond recognition, kind of throw up some fear in you, you know? Because you're like, oh, man, I don't want to go through that, right? So then the day of Pentecost comes, so they decide they're going to, they're going to, you know, eke out of the upper room and go over to church. Well, God had a plan. It says, in the day of Pentecost, it fully come. They were all one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. There's your wind, Tracy. <clears throat> as a rushing mighty wind, they filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared unto them divided tongues as a fire and sat upon each of them, and they were filled. The Holy Spirit began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. God did something here that blew everybody's mind. When nobody was thinking, when everybody was fearful, when everybody was hunkered down, said, oh, God, what are you going to do? God blew in and started fulfilling Ezekiel 36, filling the believers with the power of the Holy Ghost, fulfilling what Jesus said in Luke 24, 49, getting people filled full of the Spirit so they could be endued with power from on high. Now listen, I, I, I use this example all the time because it's so perfect. None of us like to exercise. I mean, somebody, some of y'all may be, you know, demented in here and you like to exercise but the majority of people in here don't like to exercise okay like you like to play golf you like to go fishing you like to do that but you know I, just to go get out and sweat and run it just is not in the nature of the majority of people but let me tell you something if your health and your life depended upon it you would come on when you're put under the gun you would well I believe the church is put under the gun right now I believe the church in the world, I'm talking the, not this, uh, you know, y'all are included, but the church in the world is put under the gun right now. God's saying, you better shape up or something's about to happen. You better shape up or you're basically going to be shipped out. Because God is looking for the same thing, that move of God that happened then in Acts chapter 2 to happen again today. And it's a move of the Spirit of God doing what the Spirit of God wants to do. It's too long that people have been bound and oppressed by the devil, lied to, deceived, not taught the truth, beat down, pushed down, but still claiming they're Christians, but not seeing any power. And what's got to happen is a church that's hearing the truth has got to grab hold of the truth and rise up in power and say, this is the way it's supposed to be. Listen to me. I told my wife this the other day, and, and y'all laugh, but that's okay. You know, those of you that are already past my age, you just laugh at me and say, I don't know what's coming. And those of you under my age, just think I'm old and, you know, whatever. But I told my wife the other day, I said, I'm tired of sitting around talking about what hurts. I'm tired of, tired of sitting around trying to figure out why what hurts hurts. Like, why does my foot hurt this morning? Why does my knee hurt this morning? Why does this hurt this morning? Why is this going? Why does this hurt? Why, do I, why is this sore? What did I do here? Oh, my gosh. Where did I get that bruise? You know, what is happening over this side? I'm just tired of that. I'm tired of it. 
I told her, I said, we ain't talking about that stuff no more. We're going to wake up every morning. We're going to say, man, my body functions total perfection. God created me to function. I'm going to walk today, and I'm going to carry out my, 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 uh, God's perfect will, his desire for my life on this earth, in the story. Shut up, body. Line up. Get yourself greased up. Whatever you got to do, bless God, we're going on. I don't care. Hurt, whatever. It ain't going to make no difference. I'm going to go on. I'm trying to find, you know, what's the next thing that's going to, you know, get it, order a case of CBD oil or smoke a joint or whatever. I'm tired of thinking about everything that could possibly be. Hello? I am just preaching truth this morning. I'm just kind of tired of it all, okay? You're just going to get up. You're going to function. You're going to go out there. You're going to do the best job you can. You're going to get out of it. You're going to go home, right? Quit thinking the magic pill is going to show up. I'm going to get back to the way I felt when I was 20. You know, it ain't going to happen. Just get on. But this is what I'm talking about. Are you going to live at home oppressed, beat down? You're going to let the devil tell you you can't do anything. You're going to let the devil tell you you don't have a voice. Let the devil tell you that you're not going to make it. Let the devil tell you that you're going to die early. Let the devil tell you that you you have nothing to do. What are you going to do? We either are going to be a church full of power and we're going to get into the flow of power and get into the things of God and get to walk in as a church. And if nobody else wants to, we're going to. Hear what I'm saying. If nobody else wants to, if everybody wants to, that crazy old preacher over there on Living Waters Church, he just nothing. He's leading them people out there crazy, you know. They're all crazy. Well, then, bless God, we'll just be the crazy church that's out here. We're going to walk in power. We're going to see God do victory, and we're going to see miracles happen. We're just going to go on. Hello? And then when they all get sick and need to get healed, they'll be over here. Are y'all following me? So my point is, is you've got to be able to get out of this. You've got to be able. I just told my wife, I was laughing. We just had amazing praise and worship here, all these great songs. And I'm singing over there an old song in my head. Man, this is like, oh, my gosh, 85. Uh, how did it go? Uh, uh, let's shake off those. No. Yeah, shake off those heavy bands. Lift up those holy hands. Let all God's children praise the Lord. Come on, let's. Praise the Lord. I, I got that old, this old song going through my It's time to shake off the heavy bands. It's time to lift up the holy hands. It's time to, to just kind of just do whoo, just kind of get all that junk off of you. Quit reading the paper and say, oh my gosh, I about got to buy me a mask. <laughs> You're wondering why your hands are so chapped because you've used so much. Uh, hand sanitizer on her, you know, your skin's peeling off. That's going to be the next disease that comes up, some kind of disease on the hands because, you know, you got the hand sanitizer and the lice all out and spraying this, spraying that. Lord of mercy, this coming over here. I want to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Anybody sneezes, everybody runs, hits the floor like it's a bomb going off, you know. And so we got to be the church of power. We got to be able to see the in, we got to be able to see the invisible what the kingdom of heaven looks like on earth in your life. So that you're just like walking in there, fool man, you're just knocking coronavirus flying. Knocking that stuff off, man ain't touching you. Or maybe you want to be the holy one, you know, walking along. And the the aura is just killing everything around you. I don't know. But I'm just tell you this much, it ain't going to touch my body. And if it tries, it's going to get a good whooping. Because God said he wants to fill his church with the power of God, the spirit of God. Acts chapter two happened so that the church could. 
And the reason why is because in our flesh, on our own, in our own mentality, we could not. So we had to be endued with power from on high so God could lead us and guide us. So some of you out here this morning, some out there watching, you may be in a discouraged place in life. And you may be sitting here saying, yeah, pastor, I've heard preaching like that before. And I tried. I tried. I tried to get up. I tried to get strong. I tried to reason. I've prayed. I've done all this. And I didn't see anything happen. Well, then you know what? You need to alter some things, change some things. Quit putting diesel in your gasoline vehicle. Trying to, you know, maybe adjust your carburetor a little bit. I've seen chainsaws that were full of the devil. Demon-possessed chainsaws. <laughs> That when, when, when I could not get to start and said that thing wouldn't run, take it to somebody like CW at works on things like that, he reached up there with a little bit of screwdriver and turned this little bit of screw just a little bit, and then that thing started and ran just fine. But before it was a demon-possessed chainsaw that I felt like needed to have an exorcism on it with a shotgun. And one little tweak of a screwdriver, that thing started running. Hello? Maybe you just need a tweak of the Holy Ghost. Maybe you inside of you listen to the... Maybe you've been listening to the devil too long in your head telling you the lies that you just need to have that little carburetor tweak just a little bit so you can get to running. Or maybe your motor's running. You're running, but you ain't running right. You need to get trimmed out a little bit. Or maybe you just need the soot blown out of your motor, you know? You just need to take a good... And run that baby. I don't know. Maybe you need a new spark plug. I don't know what's going on. Your points need to be adjusted. Something just a little bit of a calibrator adjustment, but I'm telling you, the Word of God works. You can't tell me that in 1900, the Azusa Street Revival came across the land and there was miracles and signs and wonders and people were baptized in the Holy Ghost and miracles took place and everybody was healed, but that doesn't happen today. You can't tell me that in the 1940s, there was miracles and signs and wonders and everything being done, but then... I'll Oh, that, but that stopping didn't happen today. The only reason why it did work is because the church, for just a moment, got their carburetor tweaked right and began to run right. That's the only reason why we saw the revival then, which we should have been running right from Acts chapter 2. But I hate to tell y'all, people are stupid. They're self-centered and selfish, and they get things sorted off on their own ways. Come on. I, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm joking about this but because it's a horrible thing, but then I can understand why it happened. Selling indulgences was a great money marketing scheme. If I could get you to believe that if I prayed for you and gave you the note of, to absolve you of your sin and get you to come up and pay me to do it, was I smart or was I smart? Right? So I understand why man did it, because they were selfish and self-centered and wanted to bring things to themselves. Well, listen, I just want to see the church functioning. Listen to me. I don't care if I'm up here leading it. Somebody else is up here leading it. I just want to see the church functioning. I just want to see the church as a place of power. I want to see the church where people come lined up out those doors. This is what I see in my, in, in my vision. Lined up outside that door that we cannot have a normal church service like we're having this morning because we're having to deal with the sick. We're having to deal with the crazies. We're having to deal with the lunatics. We've got crazy people outside. We've got demons casting out. We've got people being healed. we got just what happened with Jesus. I'm not looking for anything else than all the sick to be healed. Right? I'm not coming up with levitation. 
Y'all with me? I just want to see what Jesus did. What happened in the early church. That's all I'm looking for. Right? Now, now look at this. Acts chapter 2, look at verse 14. So when Peter, standing up at the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let it be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose. He's talking about what just happened to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Since it is the third hour of the day. It ain't time to start drinking yet, is what he's saying. But this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. Okay, now listen to me. Anytime you read in the Bible, like you read Matthew's gospel where he says, and uh, Jesus was healing the sick and this was to affirm Isaiah 53, I, I trust that the apostle Peter had a better ability to interpret what was going on than a theologian that just graduated from some seminary last year. Y'all follow me? He was there. He saw it. Peter said what he, is happening on the day of Pentecost. He said it's the fulfillment of what Joel prophesied about. And it shall come to pass in those last days that I'm going to pour out my spirit upon all flesh. So he's saying that the prophecy of Joel has come to pass then. Right? So there. Huh. Okay, let's put it this way. When Jesus rose from the dead, proving that he was the son of God, poured his blood out on the mercy seat of heaven for the redemption of mankind, at that point, Everyone who confessed Jesus was saved, right? They were born again. Something happened inside their spirit. Is that correct? Now, it started from that point, and then it would go on to the age of the dispensation of grace ends, correct? Y'all following me? Anybody that calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter is saying right here, confirming that this is the prophecy of Joel that God has poured out his spirit this day upon all mankind. He has poured it out right then, that day. This is the fulfillment of the prophecy. He's not going to, he has. So the day that the spirit of God got poured out on the face of the earth into all people who want to receive is Acts chapter 2 took place right there. Are y'all following me? My point is, you, Jesus doesn't have to do something to get the people in the 20th century saved that they didn't have to do in the 15th century. It was already done and completed then. Neither is a person who wants to be endued with the Spirit of God, power from on high, does anything have to be done special because it was already done then the day of Pentecost. The day of Pentecost was 50 days after the resurrection. So 50 days, so there's this roughly this... 50-day split. Y'all follow me? Day one, everybody could get saved. Day 50, everybody could be saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. My point is, we're not asking God to do something now. He already did it then. It's just up to us to get in line with what God has already done. We're not waiting for revival. We're not waiting to say, oh, God, pour out your spirit upon us. He did. It's up to us to grab hold of it and run with it. But the churches want to sit around and, 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 and argue about same-sex marriage. Do you know how disheartening that must be to the Father? I don't even know what to say. 
He's sitting here saying, I have poured out my spirit upon you so you can be a church of power to go out with signs and wonders and heal the sick and raise the dead and, and do miracles in my name and, 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 and go forth and do all of this. And we're going to sit around and argue about same-sex marriage. Churches are going to split over that. I, 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 I tell you, it's mind-boggling to me. It's like a person sitting there with a trillion dollars in their bank account worried over that they ought to spend a dollar. All right? So, now look at chapter 3, verse 1. I can already tell I am not going to get through this message. So then all of a sudden, because of the Spirit of God being poured out upon them, there's a metamorphosis takes place in the church. All right? And it's simply this. Acts 3.1, now Peter and John went together to the temple about the hour uh, to prayer, about the ninth hour. A certain lame man from his mother's womb was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms from those who entered in the temple, who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked for alms, fixed their eyes upon him with John and Peter and said, look at us. And he gave them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. He's looking for money. He thinks they're going to give him money. Then Peter said, silver and gold, I do not have. But what I do have, I give unto you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk. I think he said it just like that. (laughs) Right? He had to get some Pentecostal in there. He just couldn't just rise up and walk. I mean, I think he got into it. Spit flying and everything. (laughs) And And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately, everybody say immediately. His feet and his ankle bones received strength. So he leapt up, stood and walked, and entered the temple with him, walking and leaping and praising God. This guy's freaking out because he's healed. He said, man, he's doing the jig, the dance, the hopscotch, the everything else running around there, man. He's whooping it up instead of being, shh, somebody tell that man to quiet down. You need to be quiet. It's church. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the gate, beautiful, the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Okay, so here's this guy begging, and the, just hear what I'm saying here, okay? And again, like, I'm not beating you guys up. You guys are awesome. You guys buy property in foreign countries. You guys do build churches. You guys are amazing. But here's this guy sitting at the church begging. And so the church's their sense of duty, I guess, was to pitch him a penny. I mean, I don't, somebody could have pitched him a hundred. I'm just saying, it, just to give him a little something. And they did their duty. But because Peter now and John, they're full of the Holy Ghost. They got this power down on the inside of them. And they're like, they're like, wait a minute. Are we just going to give the beggar a penny? Would it not be what we've been envisioning, what we've been seeing in the invisible becoming visible? Wouldn't the kingdom of God look like this man should be healed like we've seen our Jesus do. I loved Ivan's message uh, when he was talking about what kind of Jesus, you know, you got. And, and he's talking about you got your murdering Jesus, you got your religious Jesus, you got this. And going to because I see people all the time trying to say, well, Jesus would have done that. You know, especially politicians that love to use that. Have you all noticed that? To me, it's a disgusting thing. There should be a whip come right out of heaven, just crack right over the top of them every time some of them tries to use Jesus. Jesus would have done, Jesus would have been behind this program. She'd just go, 
Anyway, again, that's me. I'm sorry. But my point is, my point is, is that they saw what the kingdom should look like. And what I'm trying to tell you this morning is, look, folks, we've got to start to see what should the kingdom look like in your life. I'm just asking you this morning. You ask yourself, what are you envisioning what the kingdom of God looks like? And that's what church should look like. That's what your life should look like. When someone walks into your business or your, 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 your life or whatever like that and is discouraged, your kingdom principle should say, oh, God wants to encourage that person. You should have this mindset that you're not going to shun people. You're going to embrace people and let the power of God heal them. You're not going to do it. You're not going to do it. It's like I told you, you know, way back there when I was pastoring that, that one of my very, very, very first counseling sessions and don't try to, that nobody, they do not come to church here anymore. It's a long, long time ago. So don't be sitting around and say, who's that? Who's that? No. And, and they began to talk about their marital issues and I got so discouraged, I went and laid down on the couch. <laughs> because see, I went in there with the attitude that I thought that I'd have enough wisdom to fix their issue. But right off the bat, I realized I can't do it. I'm Robert. And Robert's doing good to keep his own head above water and not say something stupid to his wife. We're men. We do those kind of things. We mess up, say dumb things, and get yourself in trouble. It just happens. We need to be excused. It's just like we can't find anything in the fridge. It's just one of those things. It's unexplainable. It's unexplainable. But it is a fact. It's a deficiency in us. You've got to give us grace for that. It's not that we're that stupid. It's that there's something in the male gene that does not allow you to see anything other than what is exactly right in front of you. I don't know what to say. That's what makes us good shots. Because we see nothing but that. We don't see anything else. It's part of the... The, the, the way God genetically set us up. I'm, come, can I have, guys, can I have some amen? I'm working this up as much as I possibly can for our side. <clears throat> it's the hunting aspect on the inside. The, the hunting genes inside of men cause them to only see tunneled. I'm so lost now, I don't even know where I'm at. Can only do one thing. So anyway, back to the story. So when they went in there and they saw, I mean, it was, it was as if, it was as if they saw the kingdom of God. This is what the kingdom of God should look like. We've got to ask ourselves, what does the kingdom of God look like in our lives? Are you going to put up with this? Are you going to put up with oppression? Are you going to put up with, with the devil stealing from you? Are you going to put up with, you know, have y'all seen these videos of the locust hordes all over the world? Are you going to have a locust horde in your house? You're going to have a locust horde come over you? Are you going to let the devil steal from you and rob you? Or it's time for the church to rise up in the power of the Spirit of God by the power of the Holy Spirit and say, no, that's enough. We're not putting up with this anymore. I'm tired of being lonely. I'm tired of you telling me that I'm no good. I'm tired of you telling me this. I'm tired of you. Listen, I'm not listening to you anymore. You shut up. You get out of here. Everything that my hand touches prosper. Everywhere that I go, I'm going to be blessed. Everywhere I go, people are going to want to give me stuff. Because how's it working for you? Before, you might as well get on board. 
But you're not going to do it without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. All right? And I, church, I am not, I, I just want you to understand something. Without the power of the Holy Spirit, you're doing it on your own. And even though you have good intentions, you're going to get weak and you're going to not be able to accomplish anything. You've got to have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. You say, well, well Pastor, okay, but is this the Pentecostal kind of Holy Spirit or what kind of, what kind of Holy Ghost are you pushing here today? I'm pushing the Holy Spirit. Now, if you just look here and, and you go back and you read Acts chapter 2, uh, the Holy Spirit fell upon the people and they were endued with power from on high, right? The Holy Spirit did the work. Jesus did the work. Jesus said, I'm going to go to the Father. I'm going to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's going to come to earth and he's going to do it. He's going to do the work. All you've got to do is get in agreement with the Holy Spirit. You know, it's funny to me. People are scared of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if it's because King James translated as Holy Ghost. When I first read my Bible, I read a King James, you know, and it was called, and it's always referred to as the Holy Ghost. And I really, you know, I mean, I just read it and I just, you know, I didn't know. I just, just read so the Holy Ghost, you know, and it didn't bother me, the Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. But then I think people are scared of Casper. They think he's like Casper, the friendly ghost. He's like the Holy Ghost. He's going to jump on him, make him do something they don't want to. They don't even understand who the Holy Spirit is. That if, listen to me. He is the Holy Spirit. He is the Spirit of the living God. He's the third person of the Trinity. And if the third person of the Trinity has to be in line with the first person of the Trinity, which would be the Father, and what is God? What's God? God is? No, no, no. What is God's nature? God is? Ah, so God's love. That's what the Bible tells us. God is love, right? Well, then you don't think the nature of the Holy Spirit's love? The only difference is somehow or another, hadn't figured out how, how he quite got it pulled off. But somewhere or another, the Holy Ghost got the dispensation to say, I ain't messing with you no more. Because the Bible, the only person you say, is, don't quench the Holy Ghost. Don't make him mad. Right? So all I'm saying is he got, to have, he got that great part to just say, I ain't going to sit here and mess with you. I'm going to go over here and deal with them, and I'll come back to you if you ever get right. So that puts us into this place. What we need to do in life is you need to be every day, every part of your prayer life needs to be, Lord, I just want to cooperate with the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, fill me up today. Keep me full today. Just fill me full to overflowing so I can bless people around me. I want to cooperate with you, Holy Spirit. Because in this message where I was going that I'm not going to get to, I was going to tell you right quick, was that, you know, if you go read through John 14, 15, 16, it talks about the Holy Spirit was sent to this earth to help us, to lead us, to guide us, to show us, to reveal to us. And we don't want to have anything to do with him. Churches are backed up and say, oh, don't mention the Holy Ghost. Because they've got in their minds some, you know, Pentecostal experience that the Holy Ghost is going to jump on you and make you flop on the floor like a fish out of water and speak in tongues and all this kind of stuff like that. Hey, listen to me. I speak in tongues. Any of you have any, any, any wonders about that? I speak in tongues. I speak in tongues more than all of you, I guarantee. Because I know I need all the help I get. All right? I got baptized in the Holy Ghost in 1980-something, and I've been full of the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues ever since then. But I want to tell you something. You know, yeah, I am strange. You know, I am different. There's, I'm a little, I'm a little uh, whatever. I don't know. I'm just a little different, okay? But I don't think I'm so weird that you couldn't hang with me. All right? So my point is, is that you don't have to be weird. You don't have to be strange. You don't have to be over the top. You don't have to get it. Why can't we have a Holy Spirit that this is a, like a country Holy Spirit? 
That's just that easy and just gets things done. Why do we have to turn him into this, this, this religious-y, Pentecostal-y, Holy Spirit, this is the only way it can be? Because you see, people don't know him. I don't tell you something, I know him. I talk all the time. He's there with me all the time. I see him all the time. I know he's there. And he's not weird. And I've been around some weird Pentecostals. I've been around Pentecostals, and I love Jesus with all my heart. There's not any part of my heart that I don't love Jesus. And I've been around people before in the name of religion that scare me. They freak me out. I'm like, dude, I don't know what's up with you, but I don't want to be a part of that. So why can't we just be like a normal country kind of Holy Ghost? Sit around and said, oh, watch this. Let's watch this person get healed. <laughs> because we don't know any better. And what we do is we revert back to the only thing that we've known. So we think it has to be this way. Do you know in, in, the, in the Azusa Street Revival in the 1900s, there was a, there was a lady, and I, it, it wasn't Catherine Kuhlman, but it was another lady. I can't remember what her name was. She was preaching, and, and, and she was on the stage, and she was like at the edge of the stage, and she was preaching... Amy McPherson, thank you. And she was preaching. As she was preaching, she froze as a statue. Froze. Just froze. Preaching. Froze. And everybody was just like, what's up? Lady froze down there. So like, like I, I, I mean, it just kind of blows my mind. So somebody got the idea. Well, let's funnel all the people by and look at her. Now, I'm simplifying this. Don't get mad at me. I'm simplifying this. But somebody said, let's get all the people. Let's just funnel them by and look at her. So they got a crowd. Got the, okay, we're going to start over there. We're going to make the rotation this way. Come by. So they came by. And people came by and literally got saved, got filled with the Holy Spirit, got healed, walking by looking at this lady. Did it for, some of you that may know this better, two days? It was two days or three? It was two or three days, she stood there frozen. They had a, like 100,000 people walk by, see the lady. She's not preaching nothing. She's frozen. And people got saved. Revival was started. All of a sudden, one day, one moment, one second, boop, she was went back. She was just broke right into her thought, the same preaching, going on like that. Had no idea that people had been passing by for three days, getting saved, filled the Holy Ghost. And then she's like, what's going on? My point is, we always try to make things weird. But what I'm saying is, why can't we be a church full of power, full of love, full of going out and, and, and healing the sick and, and raising the dead? And, and you know, I mean, if you got to get a woohoo in you, then go, okay. Maybe you didn't have one and maybe you need one. Or maybe your woohoo needs to be calmed down. I don't know. But why can't we just cooperate with what the Holy Spirit wants to do and see the power flowing in the church? The, the, the result is, listen, souls being saved, people being healed. Victory and oppression, leaving people's lives. That's what our goal is. That's what we want to see. The, the visible, the invisible become visible. We want to see the, what we're seeing in the kingdom of God come into people's lives. That's what we as a church need to be going for. That's what we as a church need to be functioning for. That's what we as a church need to be crying out for. But you're not going to be able to do it on your own. You need to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. You need to be calling out and saying, Holy Spirit, fill me. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want to walk in the power of God. The Holy Spirit, fill me, lead me, guide me. And then you watch what happens. 
And all I can say is if I ever freeze up here doing something like that, y'all funnel them by here, but take up an offering as they're going by and I get half. <laughs> if I'm going to be the spectacle for three days, I want 50%. Amen? Amen. So church, let's do that. Let's make that our, our goal, all right? Every day in your prayers, every day in your crying out for the Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you and show you, to fill you full of the Holy Spirit. Now, I got to carry this message on because, I mean, I didn't get a quarter of it. So let's just do that. Just stand up. If you're out there listening and watching today, listen to me. The first place you got to start is to have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, wherever you are, just stop doing what you're doing and begin to call out to him. He said anybody that calls out to him will never be ashamed. He'll never reject anyone. If you mean it with a sincere heart and you repent and say, come into my life, Jesus, he will come into your life. If you ask him to forgive you of your sins, he will forgive you of your sins and you will be born again. For all of you in here, listen to me. Can I have the prayer team come down? All of you in here, Jesus is always there for you. If you don't know him as your Lord and Savior, he's always there for you. All you got to do is call out to him. We got a prayer team here because I just believe with all of my heart that these, these fine folks can pray for you and you can see God do miracles. But let me tell you something. If you're in here today and you have not ever asked for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You've never really thought about this much. Well, then they're here for you to pray for you. And, all, you know, it's just like getting saved. You just say, Lord, fill me full of the Holy Spirit. Fill me full of overflowing. He said, anybody that asked him, he'd do it. Maybe you're a little sheepish. I'm okay with that. Just don't stay that way long. And maybe you need to go home, think about what I'm talking about. Pray about it. Look at it. Look at the scriptures. Well, that's great. But let me tell you what, the Holy Spirit is the answer to having power in your life. Amen? Amen? So I want you to take that person's hand beside you. And I want you, just to, pray, I want you just to get in agreement with me as I pray. Everyone say, Holy Spirit, fill me. I want the power of God in my life. Now look at the person beside you and say, I really meant that. Now, I'm going to pray for you. Father, right now, in Jesus' name, you heard the request out of their mouths. You heard what each and every one of them was saying here today, Lord. So, Lord, I thank you for filling us full of the Holy Spirit, full to overflowing. I thank you, Lord God, right now, just like Acts chapter 10, just the Holy Spirit falling upon the people, and that, Lord, they're baptized in the Holy Ghost, that, Lord, they take that next step and going into that place in life where they can just walk with you and the power of God's there. I declare, Lord God, that right now all oppression has to leave their life, that they are the vessels of the Spirit of the living God, that they are are full to overflowing. I thank you after this service today, Lord, chains break off of them, yokes break off of them, things fall apart because the power of God is flowing in our lives. And so, Lord, I ask you right now to bless them more than they could ever even imagine, Lord, above and beyond whatever they could even dream up or think. And I just declare, Lord God, right now in Jesus' name, that this is a new day in the church. I declare, Lord God, that we see forth the kingdom of God in this church as what we're envisioning in this church. Lord, what we're envisioning, I mean, excuse me, what we're envisioning in heaven in this church, Lord. And that, Lord, that just as we have preached and prophesied and declared, so today begins the day. And I thank you, Lord, for a new day here at Living Waters Church. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen and amen.
We're here to pray for you, church, if you need it.